Uh, I want to talk on about an unusual subject before. I never have talked on this subject before, but it's in the Bible, and so we're going to look at it tonight. Are you nervous yet? <laughs> Grab your Bible, turn over to 1 Samuel tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Bible says there's new, nothing new under the sun, so you don't have to worry about that. If it's in the Bible, it's always been around. So these guys that think they come up with new truth, they don't, they don't know what they're talking about. There is no new truth. It's all old truth because it's of the Bible. So tonight I want to look at this one thought. If you got your Bible, let's just pick it up in verse number 11, 1 Samuel chapter number 3. We're going to look at verse number 11 tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 11. The Bible says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because he, his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor with offering. Church, I mean, we all know the story of this particular story about Eli. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything that's new, chapters number 2 and 3 and really into chapter number 4. Uh, we have Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They are just doing all kinds of wicked stuff. Um, you know, when a person would come with an offering, uh, in Bible days, this was what, the, what they did. In Bible days, they would bring their offering, and of course, it would be a meat offering. And the priest lived off the offerings that the people, children of Israel would bring. But the way God had set it up is that they would boil um, that meat, and they would put a three-pronged in instrument in, and whatever they pulled up, the priest got to keep for himself. Well, Hophni and Phinehas didn't want it that way. They wanted to charcoal broil their own, and so they wanted the flesh raw so that they could do whatever they wanted with the meat. And that's not what, that's not what they were supposed to do. And they, the Bible says that they made God's people abhor the offering of the Lord because of the way they did what they were doing. Uh, we find out later that they're committing immorality at the tabernacle doors with women uh, that were coming and just on and on. And Eli never did anything about it. And I, I, tonight, I want to talk on this subject tonight, being passive, being passive. And may the Lord use that tonight in our hearts. Father, again, I want to say thank you for letting us be in church tonight. Lord, again, please help us have an understanding of the scriptures and, and Lord, use it. Lord, I know some people tonight, they, I'm sure they think to themselves, well, I'm not passive. Uh, Father, I know that there's times in all of our lives that we are too passive, that we allow things to go when we shouldn't, things that we should say that we don't. Now, Father, again, give us the power of the Holy Spirit and your words tonight to be said. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, I mean, the word passive means to accept what happens without response or resistance. And I know you could come up with different definitions, but I'm going to really stick, stick, my, stick close to that tonight, this idea of being passive. <clears throat> Again, I know this is an unusual thought tonight, but I look at Eli's life, and the problem with Eli is that he was too passive. In other words, he just let things go when he should not have let things go. Hey, I don't care how old Eli was. Eli should have put his foot down. Can you turn me down just a little bit if you don't mind? He should have put his foot down and he should have said, now listen, fellas, I don't care who you are. You're not going to do that in the tabernacle. This is not your temple. This is God's temple. This is not a matter of your ministry. This is God's ministry. And Eli didn't do that. He let, he let things go. And I want to tell you as Christians, if we're not careful, we have a tendency to let things go that should not be let go. If we're going to be the salt and light that God wants to be in this dark world, it's going to take not being passive about certain things. Uh, I, so many times we use the term politically, being politically correct, but we have a tendency not to speak up about things because we are so worried about what people will say or how people will take about what we do. Listen to me tonight. Church family, church family, it's church family tonight. doesn't matter who's listening on the internet unless the president's listening. Hopefully he's listening. But if, he's not, if he is listening, it's good for him too, okay? Church family, uh, can I just tell you, we as Christians, 
we sometimes hide what we think because we're afraid that either we're going to be offensive or someone's going to make fun of us. But as a Christian, there's certain things that we should say, all right? We should not be afraid of. By the way, anything in the Bible, you don't have to worry about saying it because God said it first. Listen, it doesn't matter if everybody in the world thinks that things are, are particularly wrong. You can't talk about homosexuality. Why not? God talked about it. You can't talk about adultery. Why not? God talked about it. We can't talk about giving in the church because that's the only thing pastors do is they ask for money. Why not? God talked about it. You know, we get, we get this idea that we have to be passive about certain things. We do not have to be passive. Now listen to me. We, do not, we should not be intentionally offensive, but we should not be passive. Eli's problem is he was passive. Now I'm talking to the parent tonight. In, when your kids are growing up, sometimes because you think that you're, you're going to keep a good relationship with your child, that you become passive. You allow things to happen. You do not confront them, either by word or by action. And you're passive because you think in your mind, well, I want a good relationship with my child. Hey, listen, the scriptures are very clear, that especially the book of Proverbs. He that rebu rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Can I just tell you that you, you're not going to win your children over to you by you being passive, all right? How many grew up with a parent that was not passive? Would you raise your hand, all right? They confronted you seemingly about everything, all right? Can, can I tell you, that wasn't bad for you. That's why you have the character that you have is because there was a father or a mother that got in your face about seemingly little things, but those little things is what developed your character, Get up in the morning and don't be lazy. Make that bed. Oh, come on. I'm going to get in it again. Why do I have to make my bed? Because you have a mom or dad that's not very passive. So can I just tell you tonight, this idea of being passive is everything from the pulpit to the pew. It's everything from the parent to the person who goes out and work. There are certain things we should not be passive about. In other words, we should voice our opinion. The problem with Eli is he, was, he, he accepted what his children did. He accepted what was going on around him without any response or resistance. And again, I want to deal with that thought about being passive tonight. Now, church family, before I jump into the passage of chapters 2, 3, and 4 tonight, can I just remind you that we've got a ton of Bible characters that were not passive. They weren't passive. Why did Paul end up in prison often? Paul ended up in prison because he just would not allow just things to go. They had disciples that had come to him at Antioch, and him and Barnabas were there. And those disciples that came from Jerusalem said, hey, listen, you, the way you get saved is believe on Jesus Christ, but you have to keep the Mosaic law. And Paul looked at them and said, no, nah, I don't think so. It's in the Greek. You've got to look really deep, all right? He said, I don't think so. And what happened? He took a trip all the way back to Jerusalem to stand before the apostles and say, listen, these guys that have come from here are trying to say that we have to obey the Mosaic law to be saved, and that's not true. Salvation is through Jesus Christ and him alone. It's not through our works. Jesus himself was not passive. Jesus called Herod a fox. Jesus told those people who were selling in the temple, and he made him a, made him a, a whip, and he threw the tables of, of the coins over. He said, listen, this is, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very passive to me. You know, all of us uh, have a tendency to not be passive about things that we strongly believe about. But by the way, sometimes you might not have a strong belief about something, but it's in the Scripture you, should, you shouldn't be passive about. I was at a... Uh, this church planning conference yesterday and Monday, Monday night and Tuesday. Well, Monday, Brother Upshindik was with me, and Tuesday he was going to be gone all day. And I said, listen, I want to tell you something. I'm going this to this thing for you. And he, said, he looked at me, Brother Upshindik, and said, take one for the team. Believe me, I took it for the team. I sat in classes all day on Tuesday. But it was one of those, uh, one of those type of classes where, and I'm not real fond of them, but, you know, they like to have 
oh, you know, where the conversation goes both ways and all that kind of stuff. And so the moderator of the class, of the classes on this, on this church planting, there's probably about 16 pastors that were there. This, this moderator uh, was moderating this particular class. Now listen, when I go to these things, it's very, I try, my father was known, he always did this. He would go somewhere, he would usually sit in the back when, it, when he went to a fellowship meeting or something like that, and he wouldn't say, he wouldn't say a word, all right? There were a few times I was with my dad, and I remember one time somebody walked out with my dad to the car and confronted him and asked him about, you know, what he believed about. And I still remember this day what he asked him the question, and my dad just turned to him, and he told him what he thought because he's not going to be passive. And uh, so all of us have opinions, but the idea of this idea of passiveness is really about spiritual matters. So yesterday I was in this meeting, and this uh, moderator steps out and says, listen, the problem we have with starting churches is because there's not church planters. There's not men to start churches. And then he made the mistake by saying, do you agree? So like three pastors all the way out there, you could, you could hear that all through. Yes, that's exactly right. There's no church planters. And the reason, and, and then he made the statement again, do you disagree? I couldn't, and I don't know where it came from because out of the blue, I said, I disagree. I said, that is not true. The problem is not that we don't have church planners. The problem is that we don't have pastors that want to start churches. If you get some pastors that want to start some churches, then God will provide because he's more than capable of giving you somebody to start a church. Amen. It got really quiet. <laughs> You know what, <clears throat> but, but as Christians, there are certain things we should not be passive about. We should not just let them go. And God, God wants us to be able to voice our opinion. If we're going to restore our children for God, we can't be passive about some certain, certain things. Son, you're not going to do that. Son, son, you are going to do that. You're not going to talk to your mother that way. Yes, you are going to get a spanking. There, there are certain things we cannot be passive about in our, in our Christian faith. Some of you are going, go to work, and boy, wasn't the pressure on you. There are people that are sitting in this auditorium right now, and, and it wasn't you, it was your work, but your work put pressure on you and said that if you go to the Heritage Baptist Church while the virus is going on, you, that you're not going to have a job. Now, I'm just trying to tell you something, church family. That kind of pressure should never have been there. All right, That's demonic, if you ask me. That's Satan. But can I tell you as a Christian, we got to be careful about being passive about certain. By the way, there's certain things that is not that important, all right? Now, I'm going to say some things tonight, and I don't mean to ruffle any feathers tonight. This vaccine thing going on, okay? I'm just going to tell you what a pastor thinks is, is his own personal opinion. I haven't taken the vaccine. I'm not opposed to the vaccine. I, honestly, I don't know enough about the vaccine. But the only thing that bothers me, and it's not a spiritual re reason, is that I'm an American. And as an American, don't tell me I have to do something. I got that off my chest. I feel so much better. All right. So I am not passive when it comes to this vaccine. Now, some of you have a conviction about, I'm not going to put something into my body that has somebody else's DNA. I'm not going to put something in my body that's not been proven. I'm not going to put something in my body that's causing harmful effects. And whatever your reason is, you're not passive about it. Some of, you, some of you have taken the vaccine. By the way, there's nothing wrong if you're taking the vaccine. And some of you have taken the vaccine. It's not a big deal. It's just a vaccine. Can I just tell you something? We're all passive about different things. Brother Barnabas over here, he's passive. He's, he's, he's not passive when it comes to ice cream. Ice cream, big deal. All right? Ice cream over here. Now, no passiveness. All right? All of us are not, but can I tell you, there are spiritual things that we cannot, we should not be passive. We should not just let go. We should not, not say something or do something about. Eli let his children do things he should have never done. Now quickly, let me just point out some things in this particular passage. And tonight, here's what I want to go. The first thing I want to deal with, probably just two things tonight. The first one is why was Eli passive? Why was he passive? All right. 
I find three things in the scripture here on why he was passive. Look at chapter number two and verse number 22. Chapter two and verse number 22. It says, now Eli was very what? He was very old. Now, fortunately in this passage, we know how old he was, okay? We, we could all speculate how old this is. We could say 40 years old. We could say 50 years old. But we know in this particular passage, when he says very old, chapter four, look at verse 15, how old was he? In chapter number four, verse number 15, it says, now Eli was how old? I'm sorry, chapter four, verse 15. Now Eli was how old? 98 years old. How many think, thinks that 98 is pretty old? All right. I, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's pretty old. I mean, when you think, my mother's almost 98. So when you think about... <laughs> She can't even hear what I'm saying tonight. So. Mom, I was talking about you. All right, it's nice to have you tonight. She finally woke up. All right, anyway. But we would say that 98, that is old. That's what we would say. And by the way, that's what the scripture says, that he was very old. And I want to tell you something. The reason I think one of the reasons that he was passive is that he was old. Where do you get that from? Well, I want to tell you where I get that from. When you go back to Solomon's situation, the Bible says, but when Solomon was old, he went, under, he, he went under strange women. And there's a couple other examples in Scripture, but there's something about age. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and Ecclesiastes chapter 12, when desire starts to fail, he's talking about a person in their older years of life. Now listen, I can't tell you what those older years are, but I'm just trying to tell you that the older you get, we use the word mellow. Uh, we, we use the word, this guy's getting a little bit soft, or this person, you know, is allowing things in their life. I'm just telling you that the older you get, you have more sometimes, and I know it's not everybody, but sometimes we get that idea of being very passive because it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, I'm only 52, and I know that's getting old. And to be honest with you, when I think of 52, I think of 62. When I think of 62, I think of the grave. I'm just telling you, it's just, it's just old. And I know some of you are 62, and I'm not being offensive. But my father dies, died at 58, my grandfather at 57. I cannot get out of my mind that if I'm 52, if I live another 10 years, I mean, God could let me live longer than that. I'm getting to those ending years of life. And I want to tell you that I've made the statement here recently, I'm 52 years old, I'm not changing, so it doesn't really matter. And I, it does matter. What we do does matter. And sometimes we, get to, we don't want to be offensive to our children or, their, or our grandchildren as far as their lives. Can I just tell you that if you're breathing, hold on to spiritual truth. Don't be offensive, but don't be passive. Don't, there's, no, there's no reason to be passive, okay? The Bible didn't change when you were 20 to the time that you're 70. The Bible's still true. And what you believed when you were in your 30s about the word of God, about salvation, has not changed because you're in your 70s. And so can I just tell you the reason Eli got passive is because of these older years of life. He got to the place, oh, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's just going to be what it'll be. It doesn't have to be what it'll be. Somebody ought to say something when something's not right. All right. So the first reason he was passive is because he was old. Second of all, look at chapter 2, verse 27. <laughs> chapter 2, verse 27. Again, I'm jumping around a little bit tonight because you do know, I think you know the story. But in chapter 2, verse 27, he says, And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him of all the tribes of Israel? He's talking about the tribe of Levi. God says, Didn't I, when you were in Egypt, pick the tribe of Levi to be mine, to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear the ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father, talking about Eli's house, the house of thy father, all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel. Now, let me just stop for just a second here. Here's what he's telling Eli. 
Eli, I allowed you to be born a Levite, and I gave to you and your household all the offerings of Israel. And think about that, church family. What a blessing it is to be a man of God, to be able to be supported by God's people, to be able to do God's work full time in ministry. It is a blessing. Eli took that for granted. And God says, I just want to remind you, you're not a Levite because you chose to be a Levite. You're a Levite because I made you a Levite. And as a Levite, you've been given not just responsibility, but you've been given privileges in your life. Amen. Look what he says next. He says in verse number 29, Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my, in my habitation. Now look at the next phrase, verse 29. And honorest who? Thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel of my people. Now I'm going to stop there, but I think you understand what took place here. He did not reprimand his sons because he was passive. Oh, it doesn't matter. They're the priests. God made us the priests. We're always going to be the priests because we're always going to be Levites. It doesn't, it doesn't, no, he got passive in his life. Number one, because he got old. Number two, because of family. Because of family. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. It's always going to be a struggle. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor of the Heritage Baptist Church or if you're a member of the Heritage Baptist Church. All of us are going to have to struggle and be careful as far as when it comes to our family. You know why? Because you can be blinded when it comes to your family because they're the ones God gave you. You love your children? Say amen. Might as well. I know what you mean. I know, I know how you feel. I'm a dad. There's nothing you wouldn't do for your children. You, you love your children. You die for your children. Eli did not make the right decision because they were his boys. And God says, you're going to honor your children? Then let me tell you something. I'm not honoring you. I want to tell you something. We've got to be careful that we become passive when it comes to our children just because they're our children. I'm looking out tonight, and I'm looking at some of you young guys tonight. You're in your, you're in your late 20s, start, really early 30s. Uh, your children are still um, two, four, five, six, and seven maybe. Your children are young. And you're looking and you're hearing tonight. I'm not really sure that you understand tonight. But as they go move into those elementary years, junior high, and into those high school years, and then they start to be your size, that you're looking them in the eye instead of looking down at them. And you're not holding their hand to make sure they don't get in front of a car. You're throwing a ball with them. You have a tendency, if you're not careful, because you love that child, to be passive to allow things to that you should have reproved that you're not reproving because you become passive because it's family. We gotta be careful. I, uh, my, uh, the older I get, I feel like I, I feel like I, I lean toward being more passive. I remember the kids growing up and uh, I don't know all I remember, but there are certain things I remember. I still remember the day that Sharon was 18 years old and she didn't want to go to work. I remember getting up five, five in the morning, if I remember correctly, Stacey. I remember getting up five in the morning and I was up anyway, uh, get, get up at that time. And, and Sharon didn't get up. And I said, Sharon, it's time to get up. You got to go to work. She said, I don't want to go to work today. And I said, well, Sharon, you can't take a job and not go to work. I said, you are going to, you got to go to work. Now, Sharon was 18. She was still in our home at the, t at the time. And she said, no, I don't want to go work. And I said, no, you're going to go to work. She says, then she pulled the, I don't feel good card. And I said, well, Sharon, I'm sorry if you don't feel good, but you still got to go to work. She said, I don't want to go to work. I said, Sharon, listen, you're going to get out of that bed. If you don't get out of the bed, I'm going to pull you out of that bed. Amen. And uh, she didn't think that was going to happen. So I came back a couple minutes later. She's still in bed, and I pulled her out of bed. She said, what are you doing? I said, you're going to work. I mean, I literally had to pull her out of bed 
that particular morning, she, boy, she didn't want to go, go to work. And so I drove uh, with her to work. And um, when, 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 it was t- when I pulled up into the parking lot, Sharon would not get out of the car. This is at five, five, almost 5.30 in the morning now. Sharon would not get out of the car to, to, get, to go to work. And I said, Sharon, you're going to go in there to work. She said, I don't, I don't want to go to work. I said, Sharon, you're going to go to work. I said, you're, not, you're 18 years old. You're going to work. You're going to go to work. You took the job. You go to work. And she said, no, I don't go to work. I said, that's fine. I said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to tell your manager that you don't want to come to work today because you're lazy. She said, you wouldn't. <laughs> I said, I will. Oh, she was so mad at me. She got out of the car and she went to work. Now, Sharon's outgrown that now. She, she, I have to be honest with you, she really surprises me right now. I mean, some of the work that she's doing, and I don't know a lot about what's going on in her life because obviously she's married now. But I want to tell you something. I guarantee you that that day in her life was pivotal for me not to be passive. Pivotal. I'm just trying to tell you tonight that as parents, there are times with our children, as far as our children in their life, that we cannot be passive. It's either right or it's wrong. You have to voice or do to show them, hey, this is, what, this is what you're supposed to do in your life. Not be passive. Quickly, I'm going to point, point out a couple of things more. First of all, because he was old. Second of all, because it was family. I, wanna, I, I can't take time tonight to do this tonight. I know it's Wednesday evening, but I want you to look at uh, just one, I think just one thing. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse number 18. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse number 18. <coughs> For time's sake, would you just look at the last phrase of verse 18? 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 18, the last phrase. And he, Eli, and Eli, or he, had judged Israel how long? I think that the reason Eli became passive was, number one, because he was old, number two, because of family, number three, because of the past good that he had done in his life. Now, think about this. Forty years. I sat across, or sat in the same room with Pastor Kagan at this particular meeting, and Pastor Kagan has been at uh, Harrisonville. Um, I was trying to think of the name of the church. Grace Baptist Church. Grace Baptist Church, he has been the pastor there for 39 years. That just amazes me. It really does. 39 years. That guy has been faithful. He's a man of prayer. I highly respect Brother Kagan. Can I just tell you that Eli was the priest for 40 years. And I want to tell you, it's not that Eli didn't do a bunch of good in his life. Think about it. Hannah is sitting there in chapter number 1. She's crying her eyes out and she says, hey, woman, what's, what's wrong? This is in the Hebrew, by the way. What's wrong? And she says, hey, listen, I want a child. And I just made a vow to God. He gives me a child. I'm giving him back to him. And you know what? Eli, really not knowing the situation, but being because he was still the man of God, Eli says, may the Lord give you your petition. She goes home and she gets, she gets pregnant and God gives her a Samuel. Now think about this for a second, church family. This guy is almost 98 years old. And this woman, four years, five years, maybe six years, whatever amount of years, she comes back with this boy, boy, that is walking, and she says, he's all yours. I want to just tell you something. If I'm 98 years old and somebody brings somebody to me, I'm saying, I'm sorry, I can't take it. <laughs> nice present. Thank you so much. It's breathing. It looks really nice. I can't take it. What am I going to do with this? I want to tell you. Eli takes Samuel in at age 98, takes him in and says, okay, you can, live at, you can live at the temple with me. I'm just trying to tell you that Eli did a lot of good things in his life. And I think the reason he became passive is because he got so, uh, if I can, satisfied with, 
with such with past success with past blessing with what God has done had done in Eli's life that he got to those older years of life and he became passive in his life listen we as Christians We've got to continually grow in our faith so the Spirit of God can use us and teach us. And I want to tell you something. It's like sitting in that meeting. Sometimes you are just going to blurt it out because it's in you. Amen. And there's other times it's just not going to come out. Don't be passive. Now, quickly, let me give you, give you three, three thoughts tonight. That was really introduction. All right, now, tonight. Are you all still with me so far? All right, I think just give me 10 or 12 more minutes if you don't mind. And it might not take that long. But look at your Bible. I want you, here's what I'm going to Here's some things. When I look at Eli's life, there are three things that we should not be passive about, all right? And I'm still, I'm still only doing three. I'm just letting you know the first three was A, B, and C. All right, so this is one, two, three. Big difference, all right? So here's what we have here is there are things that we should not be, uh, that we should not be passive about. Now, let me just point them out real quickly here. Here's in, in Eli's life, all right? Now, again, I don't know how much scripture to read here, but in chapter number, look at chapter number two. And jump down quickly to verse, uh, let's see, chapter number two. Let's pick it up verse number 25. No, I'm picking up verse 22. Now, Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, why do you such things? Now, think for just a moment here. He had heard from the people what his sons were doing. And all he could say is, hey, listen, I've heard all that you're doing. That's all he did. Think about chapter, like follow farther down, look at chapter 2, verse 27. And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord. And then, of course, jump down to verse 29. Wherefore, kick at my sacrifice and mine offering, which I have commanded you in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, another next chapter over. All this is going to tie together here, but look at verse number 11. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 11, where we started tonight. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he strained them not. Now, here's what I'm trying to get you to see tonight, church family. Eli heard from the people about what his sons had done. Eli heard from a man of God what his sons had done and what Eli was doing by not doing anything about it. Eli had heard from Samuel, from his dream, that God was gonna punish Eli for what he had done. And even in the dream, God tells Samuel, I'm gonna punish him because I have told him what his son, I think the people, Samuel, a man of God, God himself had reproved him over and over and over in his life. But guess what? He was passive about it. Can I tell you what we as Christians cannot be passive about? We can't be passive about reproof. You ever thought about this? One of the main, uh, one of the main topics of the book of Proverbs is reproof. And we, I'm not going to try to go through all the verses with you tonight. But one of the main, chapter number one, spends more time about a person accepting reproof in their life than he does about any other sin in a young person's life. Can I tell you, God's going to reprove you because you're his child. He's going to say, listen, I don't think you should be doing that. Don't be passive about it. Ah, oh, it really doesn't matter. You know, God's, you know, God, yeah, God doesn't like it, but he's not really that upset about it. I want to tell you something. You better not be passive about reproof. Young person tonight, if your mother and father has to confront you about something, that's serious. Do you ever, young people, do you ever just catch yourself making excuses? Or have you made excuses so long 
that you don't even see that you're making excuses. Well, the reason I did that is because uh, my brother. The reason I'm doing that is because uh, my friend. The reason I'm doing that is because you. You know what the problem is? You're being passive about reproof. What is reproof? Reproof means to bring to light. Remember the times that in this, uh, we've had services in here before and I shut all the lights off and I took my, took, my, uh, took my flashlight and we said, okay, what does it mean to bring to light? Who's up top there, Josh? Turn, go ahead and turn the lights off for a second here. All right, okay. Now, you guys see the flashlight? All right, now you guys have an opportunity to go to sleep, all right? But th- this flashlight tonight represents reproof, all right? So who, who's sitting here? Okay, Brother Hodgson, Brother Thomas, Brother Thomas, Brother Hodgson. You know why you can see that? It's because I brought it to light. <laughs> Who's this over here? That's pretty ugly. Never mind. All right. No. No. Who is that? It's Brian. That's right. All right, Brian Faleu. Why, why, why do you know who that is? Because, that, because I've brought it to light. What does the word reproof mean? It means to bring to light. God uses people in our life, and what it does is it shines into our life to show us the flaw in our life. And if you're not careful, you'll become very passive about whether it's coming from the pulpit or coming from your parent, you'll get very passive. Uh, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Or, you know, he, he's just saying that. L- listen to me tonight. Eli got passive when God himself spoke to him. And God used a Samuel and the God's people and a man of God. And Eli took it lightly and he was passive. Can I just tell you, you better not be passive when God tries to bring something to light in your life. Brother Josh, thank you. Can you turn the lights back on for me? I see, first of all, we should not be passive when it comes to God's reproof. For time's sake tonight, church family, can I just go ahead and quickly give you these last two tonight? I think that Eli, and you you can read the scriptures because it's pretty plain. I think the second thing that Eli got passive about was presumptuous sin. Church family, let me ask you something. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out you shouldn't be immoral, and you surely shouldn't be immoral at God's house. That was presumptuous sin. This was not a gray area that, that, that Eli's thinking to himself, well, it's really not that bad. It's bad. Amen. When they were stealing the offerings as the priest, they were, in fact, the servant of Hophni and Phinehas went to them and says, if you don't give it to me, I'm taking it. That's what they said. That's presumptuous sin. Listen, I know that there are always going to be things in our life that are, you know, well, we shouldn't really do that or, you know, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Well, it's not really proper, not really fit. But I want to tell you something. When it comes to known sin in our life, and whether it's a family member or it's ourself, don't be passive. Don't act like it's not a big deal. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, sin. So I see, first of all, in Eli's life, we should not be passive like he was when it comes to God's reproof. We should not be passive like Eli when it comes to spiritual, uh, presum- I'm sorry, presumptuous sin. And church, I, mean, I don't need to read it again, I don't think, but in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 27 through 30, you remember how we started to read tonight, how God told him through the man of God, hey, listen, you didn't choose to be a Levite, I made you a Levite. I've blessed your father's house because I allowed you to be able to be served as you serve God's people. They have served you. He says, listen, I've been very good to you and you've taken it for granted. Hey, can I tell you something? You should never be passive when it comes to spiritual responsibility. Spiritual responsibility. 
hey, listen, if you're a Sunday school teacher in here and you don't pick up your lesson, I don't think this happens here, but it could, but if you're a Sunday school teacher at the Heritage Baptist Church and you don't pick your lesson up till Saturday night and you try to just throw some thoughts on paper because you know you've got to stand before people tomorrow, I wouldn't be passive about that responsibility. I wouldn't be passive. Hey, listen, God's given you opportunities in your life with responsibility comes, well, I'm sorry, with privilege comes responsibility. And whatever that responsibility is in your life, don't take it lightly, take it seriously. Bus captain, bus worker, Sunday school teacher, deacon, soul winner, parent. Whatever God's given you the opportunity, don't take those spiritual responsibilities lightly. Because I want to tell you something, if you get passive about it, God can take it away. Because guess what? God said from now on, Eli, your seed, in other words, every child after you, they will not be in the priesthood and they'll come begging to Samuel, the man that I'm going to put in charge. They'll be coming begging him for just a piece of bread. I want to tell you something, God can take away what he's given you when it comes to spiritual responsibility. Amen. You glad you're a parent tonight? Say amen. amen. Don't we all know that that breathing, precious soul that we love so dearly that God could take away in a heartbeat? Better not, better not take it lightly. Better not take it lightly. Church, the thought tonight is simply this. As a Christian, don't be obstinate. Don't, don't even be purposely offensive. But don't be passive. Do you believe that book that you hold in your hand is the word of God? Say amen. amen. Then don't be passive about it. Don't be passive about it. We are so wrapped up with what people think about us and not wrapped up with what does God think about me. We can't be passive. Eli died at age 98. He fell over in his chair, broke his neck, and died. What a way to die. But you know the problem with, with him? He got up to those upper years of life, and it just got to be a job to him, not a ministry. It got to be that God wasn't important. God stopped speaking to Eli, and he spoke to a little child. And that's why he told Samuel, go back to your bed. If you hear that voice again, all you got to do is say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Eli knew what to do but God would never talk to him. You know why? Because he got to a place in his life that he got, got passive. Listen, some of you tonight, and can I, I'm, I say this kindly because I'm not talking to anybody in particular, but you've gotten a little bit passive when it comes to your devotions because there was a time you got up early because you wanted to be with God and you wanted God to speak to you. But what's happened is this, is you've gotten passive, we would say lackadaisical, but we've gotten really passive about how real the word of God is and how God speaks to me and how God wants it to, You've gotten passive, gotten passive. What's passive? I go back to where we started tonight. Passive means to accept what happens without response or resistance. You don't have to live life, oh, what will be will be. No, sometimes what will be is what you respond to or what you resist from. Listen, we as Christians, we ought to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to say in a second, hey, listen, what, that book right there, I believe with all my heart. I don't have to be wishy-washy about it. I know it's true. Amen. I don't have to be passive. I don't have to be what the world wants me to be. I can be what God wants me to be. Amen. Would you bow your head tonight?